Podcasting, The Final Frontier. This is the Hammer Podcast. It's 30-minute mission to rehash geeky topics, to seek out new bastions of nerdiness, to timidly go where the more talented have gone before. Welcome to the Hammer Podcast, the official podcast of thehammerstrikes.com. I'm your host, Gene Hendricks, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be doing some listener feedback. This is also known as the Gene is being lazy for July episode. Well, I got a couple emails here. Um, If you would like to email me, you can send it to Gene, that's G-E-N-E, at thehammerstrikes.com. And these are, over the past couple of uh, episodes I've done, figure I'll just tackle everything here, get it all out of the way, and then we have a uh, fresh, clean slate to start with next time. And our first email is from Zeb Oswalt. He is the first person to send me feedback that I actually didn't know personally. So, Zeb's comments are on the comic book show that I did, which was episode 2, and he said that his timeline for comics are mostly 70s through 90s, which touched the 2000s, which, you know, it's kind of in where I was. Uh, His first comic was actually Giant Size X-Men number 1, and then some random issue of Plastic Man. Well, I hope you really have that giant size X-Men still, because that's worth a lot of money there, Zeb. Uh, he says that his favorite runs of Thor were the Simonson run and JMS, and then when Thunderstrike took over as Thor. Now, Thunderstrike is Eric Masterson. I believe that Tom Harris over on Radio Free Asgard will be getting to Eric uh, fairly soon in the run he's doing on the Thor comics at the moment. But essentially, Eric was a mortal that Thor had to join with to save his life. And it became kind of a symbiotic relationship. And then something happened with Thor, and he got banished. And then Eric was actually in control of both the human and the Thor persona. And because he did such a great job, Odin gave him a mace of his own, and he became Thunderstrike. Now, this is going to bring up something, uh, a little bit of a rant, I say. Uh, Basically because while JMS, which is uh, J. Michael Straczynski, creator of Babylon 5, while he did have some interesting ideas uh, with the, the character Thor and the setting and everything, he did something that I pretty much find unforgivable, and that is he brought back... Donald Blake. Now, I don't like Donald Blake, and I'll tell you why. He is an unnecessary handicap. Now, I understand why Lee and Kirby created the character in the 60s. Uh, They basically had a god that they wanted to make human. And the whole storyline works. I understand that the we have to give Thor some humility, so we make him a lame doctor, he has to help people. Okay, I get it. But then... Simonson got rid of that. In the 80s, Don Blake was gone. And Don Blake was never his own entity. He was always Thor. Thor was in control of both halves of that. So when Straczynski brought him back, he was a separate entity. He could actually speak to Thor. You know, metaphysical weirdness, but he actually spoke to Thor and they were two different beings. So one, you get back an unnecessary handicap. And for another, you just create a brand new character. 
I am, I don't I don't like that. I'm sorry, but Thor is a god. Yes, I am biased. I understand that. But he is a god. He should always be a god. And to say, well, you know, he can't relate to humanity or all this. Okay, deal with that. Use that as story arcs. But to undo this, and remember, Simonson did this back in the early 80s. So for 30 years, there was no Don Blake. Don Blake was gone for longer than he had been around. All right? So then you bring him back and create this whole gobbledygook of... You know, he's, you know, his own entity and everything, and, ugh, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. The rest of Straczynski's run, okay, I can, I can deal with that. Putting Asgard on Earth's kind of goofy, but fine, we'll deal with that. But some of the other writing was top-notch. I just, I couldn't get past the Don Blake thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Zeb also said that he really liked what, um, DeFalco and, uh, Ron F. did on Thunderstrike, and he, they made him a very cool character, and I agree. I like Thunderstrike mainly because it was the flip. It was a mortal being in a god's body and all the things he had to deal with and so on and so forth. You know, the the whole Marvel dual identity thing. But I, I personally like Thunderstrike. I thought it was a very cool character. I like seeing somebody else. He wasn't Thor power level. You know, he was weaker than Thor was, but he still had that kind of uh, attitude and... And everything, and I I enjoyed the Thunderstrike run myself. All right, our second email is on the first Legends of the Superheroes special, where Rob Kelly and I tackle the Swamp Thing movie, and this is coming from the Irredeemable Shag, and this is kind of a, a mirror universe moment for me here because I'm responding to listener email from Shag, who is the person I normally write listener emails to, so it it's just. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And Shag that said that he enjoyed the uh, coverage of Swamp Thing, and that he actually saw the film on HBO himself. That's where I saw it, because I wasn't aware of it uh, when it came out in the, the theater, and I was probably too young to go anyway. But uh, Shag is blaming a little bit of his uh, childhood strife on Swamp Thing, because he says, in one of the films, someone says, You bastard! That was the first time I ever heard the phrase. Not knowing what it meant, of course, I tried to incorporate it into my daily language. The first time I used it with my parents, I got my neck wrung something fierce. And there I was, blaming Swamp Thing for my bad behavior. <laughs> uh, Shag, you're irredeemable. There's no no one to blame for your bad behavior. And he goes on. He said, I really enjoyed the podcast and I look forward to even more. Well, hopefully he listened to the Batman one I did with Paul and Bill and enjoyed that. And he says, for the record, I'm not taking any more crap from Rob for my perviness, considering how many times he referenced Adrian Barbeau's boobs in the show. Well, that was, you know, not really Rob's fault. I mean, they're kind of the centerpiece of the movie. If you watch it, uh, to specifically when we're talking about the bathing scene, and they frame it so it's like, look here. And quite honestly, if Rob didn't mention Ms. Barbo's boobs that much, I would have had to drive over to his house and check him for a pulse. Thank you very much for that email, Shag. I appreciate that. All right, next up, uh, more Legends of the Superheroes feedback, this time from Chris Franklin of the Supermates podcast, and those of you listening to Fire and Water will also know, know him as Earth to Chris. And he said that he enjoyed uh, listening to the Batman uh, show with uh, Dr. Bill and the producer, Paul, and how the TV show was highly influential on him. Uh, he does bring up some points about what we discussed, and these are very informative, which is why I want to include them here. 
First of all, Aunt Harriet actually was in the comics, first appearing in Detective number 327 in 1964. She comes to live with Bruce and Dick after Alfred is killed. He does get better, people. This was editor Julie Schwartz's attempt to finally squash the rumors that of three men living in a large mansion all alone together. Mm-hmm. Next point. Stories about the Batman comics being on the chopping block from this period abound, with some saying the TV show saved it, others saying it was Schwartz's new-look initiative that Paul described, where goofy sci-fi elements were jettisoned for detective stories. Apparently, at one of these points, Detective Comics was actually set to be cancelled with the Batman title surviving. Well, like we discussed on the show, this is kind of stuff that there's really no proof for. It's like a huge rumor mill that's been going on for um, 50 years now. So it's kind of tough to figure out what's going on, you know, what the real story is. But, uh, yeah, th- thanks for pointing that out. The next point. The re- reunion with uh, someone filling in for West was a public service ad promoting fair treatment of women in the workplace. Yvonne Craig's Batgirl questions whether or not she should sh- save Batman and Robin from a bomb. Unless Batman guarantees her the same pay as Robin. Well, that's kind of interesting. I didn't realize Robin got paid. But, hey, good public service ad out there, and it's apparently out on YouTube if you people want to go and find it. I'll see if I can put a link in the show notes for this. Also, uh, he says that there were two Bat Cycles and two Bat Girl Cycles. The first Bat Cycle was used only once and was a fairly modest black Harley type with a sidecar that had a bat windshield. Then, the bat cycle seen in the film, remember the film was made between seasons one and two, and subsequent episodes showed up. This is the one with the all-white trim work. Batgirl had a much less frilly-looking cycle in the short pilot film produced to promote her appearance in the upcoming season of Batman. It was never aired, but it was shown to ABC affiliates to get them excited for the change. Kind of an early viral video. This early Bat Cycle appears in the in animated form in every episode Batgirl's in where she drives it past the opening credits. I never realized there were two different Bat Cycle or Batgirl cycles. I I never looked that closely at the one in the opening credits, I guess, but keep keep an eye out for that people. You know, we got to take a look, you know, it's always good to figure out new things to look for in these in these episodes. And one of the things that I asked Chris when I responded to his email, I try and respond to every email I get, just so you know I'm you know, not ignoring you, is I asked him what he would like to see next on Legends of the Superheroes. And one of his suggestions was actually Legends of the Superheroes, uh, which was a get-together where you had all kind of different live-action superheroes. Batman, Robin, Shazam, Black Canary, Hawkman, The Flash. You know, all these different characters actually being portrayed by actors. It's kind of like a superhero roast, I guess. I've never seen them myself, but you know, if I can get my hands on that, I'll definitely get some people together and we'll do that. But, you know, hey, thank you very much for the email, Chris, and those of you out there, please go and check out Chris's uh, podcast that he does with his wife, and that would be the Supermates podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, next email here. This is from... Tim Elliott, and he also writes on the Batman 66 podcast. He has apparently a curious history with the uh, the television show. Uh, he says that he was told that as a child he would sit and watch the show and sing along with a theme song. He even had a Corgi Batmobile, which is one of those die-cast metal Batmobile toys, uh, like matchbox size, I think. 
<laughs> his mother swears it's still buried in her backyard somewhere. Then, as he grew older, he rediscovered the show with his uh, fellow middle schoolers and didn't get the campiness, and, you know, then started making fun of it. And then, as an adult, he found the show again, watched it, and then fell back in love with it. So what I wrote back to Tim was that it sounds like a typical cycle of... You know, you're a little kid, you discover the show, you know, then you become the cynical teenager, and oh, well, I wouldn't like that, that's kid stuff, look how silly it is. And then one of two things happens, either you're not a comics fan anymore, and you grow up and you just never think about it again, or, like me, you rediscover it when you're an adult, and then you get it, you get the adult end of the humor on it. Something else Tim points out is that we were talking about Catwoman being killed in the Bat Atomic Pile, or whatever you want to call it, in the Bat Cave. And he remembers that there was an episode that a, another woman, not, a, not Catwoman, but another woman infiltrates the Bat Cave, but she was disguised as Robin. And then she pulls the rubber mask off, and there she is, and whole fight and everything, and she ends up falling in the Atomic Pile. Well... I said, this is me being lazy. I didn't do the research on it to look at this, but I do remember that episode. One of the things I remember about the episode is apparently that rubber mask that she was wearing uh, was connected to whatever was strapping her chest down because she looked exactly like Burt Ward. And then once the mask comes off, pop, out come her boobs. So that was kind of a interesting you know, mechanic to put in there. Thank you very much for the email, Tim. I really appreciate that. And uh, guess what, people? That's it. Four emails. Now, to be honest, I did get uh, an email from my uh, fraternity brother, Bill Kokel, after my Star Trek show, and I did cover that. Uh, and then episode three, dealing with mythology, that was in response to my other fraternity brother, Kurt Over's email that he sent in. But that's it. That's all I have. So why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about the future of the show. This is an imaginary podcast. Which may never have happened. The Short Box Showcase. But then again may have. About a father and daughter. I'm Professor Allen. And I'm Emily. Who came from Ohio and talked about comics. Walking Dead. Tintin. Black Lightning. White Tiger. It tells of their rise to glory. When the great guests were yet to be booked. Let's put it this way. Shogun Warriors wasn't going to win any Eisners. And the great feats of editing not yet performed. This is Ultra 7, this is Ultraman Jack, and this is Ultraman Taro, and this is Ultraman Leo, and this Ultra... Of how they spoke at length. This continuity is really the brainchild of nitpicking nerds the world over. But to be fair, the best kind of confession is the Force Confession. And reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history. Red Sun is wonderful with a very strange ending. Of brilliant creators before their fall from grace. This is the era where Miller is at the height of his creative and artistic powers, and the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. Flash of Two Earths by Gardner Fox. This is an imaginary podcast. Aren't they all? Short Box Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Check us out on the web at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search in iTunes for Relatively Geeky or Short Box Showcase. And remember, we're not experts. We're just family. I am vengeance. I am the knight. 
I am back! You need to take the trash out. Hey, I'm trying to make a trailer for a podcast. Oh, you mean Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast? Why, yes, that is what I mean. The show where you and I discuss all things geeky. Comics, TV, movies, books, you name it. Well, are you going to tell them that you can find the show at www.supermatescomic.blogspot.com? Well, I think you kind of already did. And that new shows will be posted bi-weekly, every two weeks? I was, but you just kind of did that too. Well, see, now you can go take out the trash. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. Franklin. For the Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast at supermatescomic.blogspot.com. Tangent, an abrupt change of course. Tangent, to go off suddenly in another direction or on a different line of thought. Tangent, a comic event featuring brand new characters with very familiar names. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Lines, the DC Comics Tangent Universe podcast. Find it bi-weekly on iTunes and at greatcrypton.com. In the Tangent Universe, you only know the names. And we're back. So, I'm gonna pull a micro on you people. There are a lot of things that swirl around in my head. Topics I want to cover. A lot of that ends up going on the Hammer Strikes. That's just short-form stuff. Uh, there's really... Not a lot I get in, you know, in depth into, yeah, except for maybe my my comic retrospectives. But there's really not a huge amount that I'm putting a lot of thought into for that. You know, it's you know, it, it's a way to get the stuff out of my head and out in the public. But for this show, I need more. I need more in depth coverage. Uh, I need more you know, research, etc. Which is part of the reason it's a monthly show. You know, I just you know, I'm a husband father, I work, I, you know, have two dogs to take care of, lawns to mow, etc., 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 so I don't have a huge amount of time, and for a little peek behind the curtain here, it's not really recording the show that takes the time, it's the editing process and everything, uh, along with the research and the pre-show and stuff like that. So, really, I'm racking my brain trying to come up with stuff to talk about here. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still going to be doing the uh, Legends of Superhero stuff, because that I can do with people. But me just talking to you, it requires a lot of prep work. Now, what I'm going to ask 
you for. Dear listeners, is send me in emails. Tell me what you want my opinion on. Uh, you heard how I feel about Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek The Animated Series, as well as some comic book stuff and mythology and King Arthur and things like that. But, you know, those were kind of broad strokes. If you would like me to get in-depth on a particular topic, my feelings on other, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, comic book, movie, whatever, please send me an email in. Let me know what it is you want to hear from me about. Again, the email address is gene, G-E-N-E, at thehammerstrikes, all one word, dot com. And, you know, send them in. I will uh, pick out the best. Or if it's like the state of emails I've been getting recently, I'll pick out hopefully one. (laughs) And I'll go more in depth. And I will give you this promise. If I get a sufficient number of emails to the point where there's no way I could, you know, do all these different topics, I will increase the frequency that the show comes out. So... That's up to you guys. You gotta get me the topics. You don't send the emails in? Don't ask me to talk about certain things? Well, I will come up with stuff, but it may not be exactly what you were thinking. Again, gene at thehammerstrikes.com, and hopefully I'll hear from you soon. Also, if you could do me a favor, if you're an iTunes user, please go onto iTunes and give me a review. One star, five stars, whatever you want to do. I would love the feedback... Let me know how I'm doing. If there's a way I can improve, great. You love how it already is? That's fantastic. Again, I just want to hear from you. I enjoy doing this. This is a great time for me, but I want to make sure I'm catering to your needs. So send those emails in, and I'll see you next time. The Hammer Podcast is a production of thehammerstrikes.com. Questions and comments can be emailed to gene at thehammerstrikes.com. Look for The Hammer Strikes on Facebook and Google+. Part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.